So don't leave it to the judges. Here with me, man, Patty Broken Skull. Patty. Yay, yay. What's going on out there, Podcastville, world, whatever it is. Uh, people that don't have an interest in music. I suppose that's what they really are. You know, the people that listen to podcasts don't give a shit about music unless you listen to a music podcast. Nonetheless, this is a comedy MMA podcast, guys. Not only do we talk about the fights and discuss them in a highly critical manner. I mean, me and Sam were two years away from being fighters ourselves, okay? If, if this shit would have popped off in the right way, we probably could have been in there, or at least commentating. I, I wouldn't mind been, been doing Joe Rogan's sideline job where I get the – or Megan Olivia. I'd wear a dress and talk to the fighters as they walk behind me. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's the type of job because we have at least that level of knowledge, right? We have that level of knowledge, and you guys can like it or not, but we're going to make jokes about them because some of these guys, it's like, how'd you get here? You know, I wish you no success, and what's wrong with your face? That's what we do here. That's what makes us different than these other goofy MMA podcasts. We don't, the other thing is, Sam, is if we came into this and we were like, oh, we're two, we're two uh, actors who decided to talk about M- – or ex-referees decided to talk about MMA, they would listen. But because we're just two guys and we're not getting sloshed on the show, we're not drinking Bud Light as we talk about this, I think, I think we're missing a, an element that a lot of these other MMA shows have, right? We have to be drunk, you know, brooding, sort of uh, leaning towards the the main guy that's going to win always. You know what I mean? Conor McGregor versus Michael Chandler. Of course I'm taking Conor McGregor because I don't know fights, right? Like I don't really understand the fight game, but that's different here. We're, we're completely different. We bring a different thing to the thing, and that's why we're the thing. Yeah. All right? Well, I was going to say, if we were an ex-referee, something like that, then we have kind of an agenda. We don't want to talk bad about the UFC. It might not ever have us back. We gotta True. fucking have say on everyone's good grace. Fuck everybody. That's what we, we got say. nothing to lose, folks. That's <laughs> what. But last episode, you brought up, you had brought up the Fedor Ryan Bader fight. You kind of brought up some Bellator stuff, and I just want to make note that that Bellator event, all the way up until the last two fights, is available on YouTube. Okay, so there's only one thing you can say. Uh, are you really competing with the UFC if you're still putting most of your event on YouTube? No, they. I mean, they're not competing with the UFC. I just thought that this was their opportunity to no, get more viewers. I'm yeah. I, in my opinion, yeah. they would be the closest next to the UFC. But if you're mm-hmm. putting your shit on YouTube, you're not competing at all. You're, there's, you're still desperate for eyes. You were on CBS, and you're still so desperate for people to see your shit that you said we got to pop this on YouTube as well. Basically, what I'm saying is they're sort of non-existent. I mean, Michael yeah. Venom Page is in BKFC at this point, so it doesn't even matter. Um, I recognize nobody besides Lorenz Larkin, who was on the prelims. He got a nasty elbow knockout, but you're like, Lorenz, weren't you supposed to be good 11 years ago? <laughs> what happened? And then Gegard Musasi losing his belt and shit to this weird kid whose coach is Mike Brown. But anyways, what I really wanted to bring up, man, and I told you about this. I went on a BKFC tear. I started watching BKFC's YouTube channel. I subscribed, and it turns out I was really far behind. And this fucking sport has grown to another level. It's almost it's almost my second favorite to the UFC. Hmm. All right, slap boxing has to get up there for me to really, you know, make the move. But what has really been interesting about the bro- uh, bare knuckle fighting championships, of course, 
is the females. Okay? The females are all bad as shit, number one. Most of them are sexy-ass ladies, but they they <clears throat> butt you the fuck up. Yeah. There, <laughs> I have not seen a female fight where one of those bitches didn't look like Jared Leto in the fucking scene from Fight Club after Brad Pitt has his way with him. You know what I mean? Like, you look different now, bitch. Like, Joanna, uh, Jojacek with the fucking swollen, you know, alien face that she had after that one fight is pretty much all you see from girls in BKFC. Just hematomas out the ass broken noses blood everywhere and you're like well they look like they're fighting they look like they're fighting so much more so than any ufc female division fight now uh, you brought up uh slap fighting and i wanted to say i was so excited because mitchell sipe is on the show he's on the fucking show so i watched the last episode and you know i kind of like that guy he talked a little bit of shit when he was on the ultimate fighter and i was like okay we might be on to something he, he lost his fight on that show after he talked a bunch of crap. So yeah, I was kind of excited for some reason just to have a recognizable name, even though, you know, not many fans would recognize the guy unless they watched Ultimate Fighter, to be on Slap Fight. And uh, yeah, well, the last episode I watched, they were like all getting drunk, partying and shit, people mouthing off, wanting to fight each other. And the next uh, scene that came on, Dana White was talking to the fighters and was like, yeah, y'all, uh, y'all want to be here to win. Y'all want to be here to uh, make a name for yourself. You want to be here to, you know, basically be pieces of shit. It's like we had to cut loose Mitchell Sipe. Producer said he was a danger to them, but it didn't really go into what happened, other than the producers wanted him gone. He was like a danger to the fucking producers. So and the, wow. the camera people and shit. So oh, he was. I guess he was trying to fight the the camera guys or something. Well, that's the drama we always wanted, you know. Yeah, and they didn't even show it. The bastards. There goes the ratings. But um, the BKFC, man, like I said, the women were fucking nuts. Uh, you remember Helen, speaking of the ultimate fighter, right? She was the one that was talking all this shit about you can't beat me, but the girl had already beat her. Oh, oh, okay. Helen, yeah, the one that I hated. She is in the BKFC, bro, and she's pretty fucking nasty. She fought like the main champion chick, and she really gave it to her. Like She really throws hands. Like, she boxes like a motherfucker. Um, well, the disappointing part was Kendall Grove, of course. You're like, what the fuck are you even doing, dude? You should be doing something completely different. Mm-hmm. Fighting is not your thing. This dude gets put to sleep more often than the fucking, you know. I got no reference, but I was going to say another fighter, and I can't think of his name. There's this guy that everybody seems to fight in BKFC, mm-hmm. and he always gets knocked out. <laughs> <laughs> like, badly. He, do- he, he puts some good shots in at first. But as soon as somebody clips him on the back of his head or anything, this dude's down. I think his name is Derek or something. Hmm. But uh, BKFC, I mentioned the women, but they also have an OnlyFans sponsorship. <laughs> like most of their <laughs> fights uh, are brought to you by OnlyFans. Yeah, I've seen the last uh, set of uh, Invicta fights. But, uh, man, I, I was going to bring something up. Uh, you have Netflix. I'm sure you probably have Netflix. Have you seen that Physical 100? No. Okay, because they they uh they basically they they got like a hundred of the best athletes out of Korea, and it's kind of like Squid Games, but okay. you know no one's gonna get killed, and but they they narrow them down to it's gonna end up being one person. But uh, the reason I bring it up is got a couple MMA fighters, and most of them aren't that well known, but one one guy is pretty famous over there, and uh, is like a uh, Choi Sung Hung. He fought okay. in the UFC for a little bit. He he actually fought uh, Chris Lieben 
he, he beat, all right, so his first fight in UFC was uh, UFC 100 against Alan Belcher. He was a split decision win. He had three fights in a row to fight at a night, even though two of them were losses. Chris Lieben, Michael Bisping were both losses, but they were both fight at the nights. Uh, got knocked out by Victor Belfort, lost to Jake Shields, and but anyway, yeah, that that guy's actually on the show and doing pretty pretty decently. Well, speaking of like ex fighters, I realized at one point too during this uh, Bellator event that we were talking about, they go, "We're missing a judge." <laughs> Fuck. Where do you go? How do you do that? Hey, man, that's what happens in most of the UFC fights, right? These motherfuckers are going and getting chicken wings, missing half the fight. Fucking Daniel Cormier shit, you know what I mean? Um, But one of the judges, you'll never guess. You'll never guess. But, Sam, this is something that you and I have constantly said should be the judges. One of the judges was none other than the crippler, Chris Lieben. Oh, really? Oh, wow. I swear to God. Hmm. Secondly, one of the referees, Frank Trigg. Okay, I've seen him ref before. Okay, but have you seen his ear? What the fuck's going on with that thing? <laughs> bro, it's not even cauliflower ear. It's like his ear has been squished <laughs> on the side of his head, bro. But he is a very good referee. I'll, I'll give him that. The motherfucker gets it. Yeah. And he's so professional. And when he, he had stopped this fight because these two dudes had clashed heads on the ground. Uh, it was fucking Corey Anderson, dude. Oh, okay. And isn't it so funny that he also didn't become a champion over there? <laughs> he tried so hard to be champ, dude. He went to Bellator and said, I'm getting my belt. And you know how I'm going to do it? The same way that I attempted to do it in the UFC. Lots of takedowns. <laughs> and once those bitches get stuffed, man, I got nothing. Got nothing. <laughs> That's what he did. You'd think the motherfucker would go over to Bellator and try to get hands or something, but he ain't got shit. He's still no. the same Corey Anderson that we've all saw fail. Okay, but lastly, before we get into these fights, I got the pleasure <laughs> of seeing the one and only cowboy star in a movie. <laughs> Donald, the cowboy Cerrone gets to star in a movie. And Sam, when I say star, I say he's the only real person on the screen <laughs> ever. There's a chance where there's like three people, like a girlfriend and a friend and his girlfriend. That's it. And it's that a most of the movie it's just Cerrone going oh, I'm stay- keeping you out of there bitch like there's these weird like demon things it's an ap- apocalyptic yeah. thing he takes these black pills it's an awful movie and yeah. he is not a good actor Damn. not at all it was just- he's not a good he's not a good enough actor to carry a movie bro that's it he could be <laughs> in a movie fine but to carry uh-huh. bro the fight scenes were fucking bad <laughs> Cerrone is punching like weird punch dude it was so corny. He was trying to act instead of like fight. He's overacting, I guess. And he had weird lines. <laughs> and he kept rubbing his head like I'm I'm so stressed. Like <laughs> find another thing that proves shows your stress, dude. You know what I mean? Oh, it was unbearable, <laughs> oh. but it is on Hulu. Check it out. I forget what it's oh. called. But uh yeah, the story doesn't even yeah. really make any sense. Just, fuck this <laughs> podcast and review like bad movies. Yeah, all the movies that UFC fighters have happened to do. Yeah, that'd go. be kind of fun. I like watching Shut shit movies. There we go. That's the Patreon, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, this this event that took place in Australia, I mean, a lot of it happened pretty much the way we said with uh, the, the Justin Tafu, Tafa, Parker Porter, fucking knocked him out. No problem. Now, <laughs> we, we uh, Luma looked boomy. No problem with Elise Reed. Just, just as we fucking thought. Jack Jenkins, I'm pretty sure both of us said he would win his fucking okay. fight. 
Mustache <laughs> Jenkins here. I have to say something else. He had a dude in the corner, coach, trainer, whatever he was, but he was in his corner, right? The worst haircut I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I'm going to go back and check that then. Bro, he had a patch of hair on the back of his head at the, at the base of the skull, patch of hair with three fucking braids in it that were different colors. <laughs> what that for? What is that? Just get rid of it, man. I give fucking that Charles Johnson's haircut a fucking 10 out of 10 in comparison to this bitch. What the fuck are you doing? The grossest hair. Sorry, Jack Jenkins, but you got to get better fucking coaches or something. Some of them are style. This dude's fucking 39 years old and got two kids, and he's like, I got to put three braids in the back of my neck. <laughs> I mean, Sit these up. fights, a lot of them went the way we said. Jamie Malarkey, <laughs> Cleetson Rodriguez. Uh, I remember you saying Tyson Pedro sucked. <laughs> I did miss one fight. I did not watch Jimmy Crute, Alonzo Minifield. And I'm kind of glad since it ended in a draw. I hate that shit when something ends in a draw. Yeah, especially when these two both needed a win. Not so much as Menafield as bad as Crute, but a win would have really pushed them over. Uh, Jack Della, Ma- Ma- Mandalina, whatever. Yeah, Matt. Dude, he got Randy Brown up on, against uh, the fence. Dude, in, in the UFC, you cannot be caught up against a goddamn fence or you're going to get hurt. Yeah, that should be pretty clear by now. I mean, we've all seen the Rich Franklin fights. <laughs> I'm sorry, Rich. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's part of one now, so. I always liked him, too. Yeah. Ace, you know? Until Anderson Silva showed up, and you're like, fucking damn, Rich. <laughs> what happened? Because <laughs> uh, then you're like, he's a teacher. He's fucking cool. Like, he's a regular guy. Uh, but Yair Rodriguez, Josh Emmett, it went exactly how we expected. You know, Josh is not supposed to be here. He's the Derek, he's the Derek Brunson of this weight class. <laughs> like, you got here on accident, my guy. You're too old. Retire. Well, I tell you, I was like, damn, he caught that knee. And I was like, damn, I thought that knee might have might have hit him a little bit. He caught it and then slammed down Rodriguez. And then the dummy gets in a triangle choke. Like, what the fuck? And even in the first round when he was on top yeah. of Rodriguez, Rodriguez was hitting him from elbows from the bottom. It wasn't... Yeah, Josh Emmett, going somewhere. He's just... Yaya Rodriguez is so versatile. His thing is, is he is uh, more of a counter-striker. That is, make him the champion. He has to be more aggressive out of the gate. He has to try everything he's got in the first round without getting tired. Because people aren't going to, it's very John Jones esque, where Yair Rodriguez has this ability to be a champion that's going to be fucking boring. You know what I'm saying? He has to come in here. He's lanky. He's got power. Um, he's good on the ground and standing, but he has to up his aggression a little bit. Mm-hmm. Stop being so timid. You got a chin. You know what I mean? You're a warrior. You've been in here before. These guys ain't got nothing you haven't seen before. Start fighting like that. That's all I'll say. Other, you know what I mean? To be as far as champion caliber. That's what that's what you have to that's the next level Yair needs to get to. Other than that, I got no complaints. He did he did his job. Alright. This Islam fight versus Volkanos. I did some reflecting on that the, the fight today, and I just thought this right here is the best case for the UFC. Because neither one of these guys looks bad after this. No one took no bad loss. It's already set up for another rematch eventually. Any way the UFC wants to play it. They could have it come up soon. They could wait and play it down the road. This this is plays right into the UFC's hands. And it's controversy where people are still talk they're gonna talk about it. It just plays up it, it's set up for the UFC to make money right off of this. This is this best case scenario for them. Now this fight, you know, 
I've had a lot of heard a lot of debate about this fight. Uh, a guy I work with was like uh, Volkanovski won, no fucking doubt about it. And you know, I I'm not saying it's a clear win for Islam, but it was a close fight. And I don't know, man. I wrote down a bunch of shit, and all I want to say is it's a fucking money grab. This whole yep. fucking thing was set up. Th- this it, this fight doesn't help anyone, uh, no matter who would have won it. Yeah. No one's. No one's, uh, there's no reason to advance one of these guys over the other guy anyway. They, they should have kept on their separate paths. They're shitting on the 55 division with this. They're shitting on the 55 division. They're basically trying to make us convinced that there's no other possible contenders for Islam. That's what, by having Volkanovski be the first one that he fights mm-hmm. after he first gets, that's insane. You're telling us that there's no other 55ers that deserve a shot. Because if Volkanovski won and had to fucking defend a 55 title and couldn't beat Makachev, who's one of the smaller 55ers, you think you're gonna? You're, it's gonna be easy against Justin Gaethje, Charles Oliveira. You're too little. Stay where you belong, son. That's why he goes and uh, Volkanovski goes and he said the shit about Islam. He's like, if he fought, if he came down to 45, I you you'd what? You'd still be the smaller fighter. You're the smaller fighter against everybody. And if we're being honest, out of his last four fights, he re, he only distinctively won one of those matches. Two of the Holloway fights should have went to Holloway. And then he finally definitively beat him in the third fight. And then he lost this fight. So I guess two of two. But the, the three that he kind of went to decision with Holloway, you could have uh, said for sure Holloway won those fights. It wasn't distinctive in any direction for, uh, you know, Volkanovski, but it is what it is, man. I don't see I don't see any reason for them to go back to this unless Volkanovski continues to defend his title in 45 or at 45 or – he stays at 55 and tries to take on some of these contenders coming up. I mean, Dustin Poirier, Volkanovski, that you sell that all day. I do want to see somebody who hits as hard as, you know, Poirier and McGregor and Gaethje to fight somebody like Volkanovski. If you think that Islam would be easier at 45, why are you gaining the 10 pounds to fight anybody else in the division then? Stay at 45. You think you have an advantage? Go to 35, in fact. Cody Garbrandt, Volkanovski, right? Bring him back on that fight. That's insane. TJ Dillashaw, Volkanovski. Come on, man. We do this shit all day. But it's that 55 division that is the hottest division by far in the entire UFC. From top 10 to the fucking the guys that are still sitting in wait. There's 55ers that are scary as shit. <clears throat> and we're supposed to sit here and think that this is a cool thing. Islam could fight any of these guys. Oliveira again, right? Michael Chandler. All right, let's go. I'll see it. What's he going to do against a guy who only wrestles? But I will say Makachev was in there, man, for some of those hands. He was in there to swing. Mm-hmm. He was trying to hit him. I like that. It's a different style of Khabib, right? But we had to talk a little bit extra about this fight card because the next fight card is just <laughs> insane. I don't even want to make art for this shit. Got it. <laughs> I'll just be like, we did a fight talk episode yeah. of this event. And then when they see who the event is, they'll be like, oh, God. it be. So, yeah, man, this, uh, the Apex, you know, I printed out the paper on Monday and it had two fights that were just like Joe Selecki versus unknown fighter. But those fights are off. Uh, look those guys up for no fucking reason. No, but anyway, but, uh, it starts off, uh, Clayton Carpenter, the flyweight belt versus Juan Camilio Ronduras. All right. So Clayton Carpenter, he's 26. He's making his UFC debut. He's right off the contender series. 
He's uh, two knockout wins, two submission losses. He's 6-0. and And he was uh, on LFA. He had a 13-second knockout win on LFA. This guy has been training since he was a kid. He's got he's got all the, these. Uh, I saw an article. We had a bunch of a junior, uh, like junior gold gloves boxing champion trophy and some junior uh, uh, Muay Thai championships. Okay, let me pause you right go there. Ahead, go ahead. Much like the accolades of Henry Cejudo, these are meaningless <laughs> because it's you're watching a bunch of fourth graders fight. These are guys that are five foot three, five foot five. These are tiny little guys fighting. So guess what, dude? You got no competition. Seriously, there's not that many guys. Yeah. Look at our flyweight division. In any of these sports that have flyweight divisions, they're all little dudes, like tiny guys, and there's 11 of them in total. So for me to sit here and be impressed that this guy was a golden, it's like you're fighting the three other dudes that are, that are fighting at 125. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're too small for it to really matter. Heavyweight, though, let me hear it. Let me hear the stats. Light heavyweight, shit like that, fine. Because it's, it's a broader span. You know, I mean, BJ Penn fought Leota Machida at one point, right? Come on, man. 125ers <laughs> with your fucking special skills. You're going to bring that shit to the fucking octagon? You're going to wear it? Yeah. Come on. Metal to the ring? <laughs> I thought she was going to make some kind of joke about it. he just competed with kids like last year. <laughs> well, here's the thing, too. I, I'm looking at their stats. Uh, Clayton Carpenter is 5'5". Five, five. The dude he's fighting is 5'2". Yep. You're yes, like, that's, that's incredible. I was going <laughs> to bring that up. <laughs> I am nothing against these guys. Good, good on you, but you're only fighting little guys. If you were fighting a 155 or, you know, like 170, come on, man. Even if he's 5'5, five, five, but he's 170, he's a problem. But yeah, 5'2 is a bit much. This three inches is a big deal in this fight. Mm-hmm. I like these guys because of the speed. You're always going to get this crazy quick punches, quick kicks. And some of them are hella, hella wrestlers and hella athletes. I mean, Henry Cejudo did his fucking thing, but again, you're wrestling guys that me and Sam would stuff in a locker today. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. these are tiny, well, tiny. I think Clayton Carpenter is going to easily win this, uh, unless uh, Juan Camilio's really improved since the last time we seen him. But he was in there. It was last in there, May twenty second, two thousand twenty one, against David Dvorak. He lost a uh, rear naked choke in the first round. That was his UFC debut, and he took that fight on one day notice. But, uh, yeah, he got suspended for marijuana, cocaine, all kinds of drugs for nine months, and, and now he's back uh, finally. So, yeah, Clayton Carpenter all the way. With Wait, all his you said the belts. other dude came back after doing all these drugs and shit? <laughs> he was suspended for nine months, but it, it's, it's been gone longer than that. How desperate are they for 125ers, man? Come on. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's good observation, Where, right? Where's the guy who... <laughs> He's doing a stint real quick. He'll be out soon. Is he training? Yeah. As much as he can. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, all right. The next belt. Hold on, Sam. But then oh, hold on. Ahead, Another observation. Ahead. All right. But then we're supposed to also hold that guy to a standard of a fucking professional athlete. Yeah. What? That's just a guy. <laughs> That's just an actual guy. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, I believe you. Clayton Carpenter all the way. <laughs> I think he's taking this kid out. No problem. Yeah, I think so, uh, but then too. I, I like this next matchup, man. Not to trample over what, what you were going to add, but I'm excited to see A.J. Fletcher again because it feels like we didn't get much out of him in his first attempt. You know what I mean? And the guy he's fighting definitely seems more like an opponent that's going to kind of bring it. He's a longer guy. He's going to be a little bit taller, probably a little faster. He's got a 10-inch fucking reach on this man. That's going to be a problem. You know what that calls for, A.J.? 
Air AJ. Okay? That should be his nickname, Air AJ. Come on. Uh, flying knee. Take him out. Oh, wow. You got to do something spectacular. Because he's got to cut the distance. How are you going to cut that distance of a 10-inch reach? That's insane. That is inch- insane. Uh, yeah, AJ Fletcher, 0-2 in the UFC. He's, the man's got four knockout wins, four submissions. The, the guy looks like a, a fucking... Uh, how'd you say his body is like a, a sculptured? I mean, it, the dude's muscular like shit. Figure. But a uh, ten, in, ten inch reach advantage for uh, man. Why didn't you just go ahead and say his name when you were there? It's like Dumba Goriumbo. Goriumbo. That guy's got six submission wins. Uh, he fights out of uh, South Africa's Extreme Fighting Championship. Uh, and I was reading a story about it. His parents had died when he was he was young. He started le- illegally uh, mining diamonds. He, this guy's the real blood diamond right here. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Smuggling them. And, uh, yeah, man, uh, here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking A.J. Fletcher is probably going to take this man down and, and try to put him away. Uh, a flying knee, that, that would be very interesting. That's why I was thinking that in my head. I could see A.J. Fletcher going, taking this guy to the ground. But I do like your plan of this flying knee. That's... Well, he's either one way or the other. He's gonna to have to put this man on the cage. Yeah, hmm. you know what I mean. Get, he's got to close the distance that way. And if that calls for a flying knee just to enter, you know, and then keep him on the cage, take him down. Fine. Doesn't have to be the finishing move, but closing that fucking ten inches that, that that's that's tough. I bet he took this fight and was like, "Yeah, this would be fine." Then he's like, "Fucking how long are his arms?" <laughs> yeah. All right, man. So uh, lightweight belt next. We have. Nazim Sadie Yokov. Hold on, I think you skipped so, somebody. I got Philip Linz and Ovin St. Brew. Oh, that's, uh, let me refresh. I think that fight's after this one. Well, according to Shore Dog, it depends on where you're looking. Shore Dog. What's this guy's name? I Because I, the next one I have Jamal Emmers, uh, Hussein oh, okay. Oshkarov. Damn, what did you skip this fight totally? Where are you at? ESPN? No, UFC I'm just Sports. on, like, I just typed it into Google. Oh. Yeah, um. Uh, oh, I see Nazim, I see. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, sure, sure, dog has uh, Evan Elder, uh, Nazim. No, we don't do those. We don't ever pay attention <laughs> when we watch the fights. Which one is actually correct? So that way we can both. You know what I'm saying? When we're watching the fights, we got to see because it makes more sense for Nazim to be down where Ovin Saint Prue is. You know, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, a bigger yeah, that, name. Move, switch him clearly, right? So it's got to be the sure. one that you're looking at. <laughs> Weird. But uh, both of these guys are seven and one, uh, lightweight belt. They're young guys. Nazim's 28, Evan Elder's 25. So, uh, What's their uh, specialties? Well, Elder lost his UFC debut to Preston Parsons in his last fight. Uh, this guy, I I read an article on him I he only fears uh, not trying. He doesn't fear losing at all. And I thought, damn, that's a sign of a loser, right? Fuck. But, uh, yeah, this this uh, Sadie Yoakum, this guy, is the, he's the betting favorite. He's five knockout wins, one one. Uh, his only loss was his first ever ever fight. It seems like I say that a lot now, but he's coming off the contender series. He had a knockout win on the contenders. I don't I don't know if you remember this guy from the contender series. You know, I I have this thing where somebody's on the contender series. And I'm I'm on this show and I'm like, I don't remember that guy from the contender series. And then when I see him come out, I'm like, oh, I remember that fucking guy. He had to, so because I think it's more about their physical than the photo. Yeah. Uh, say story. Nazim, he has, the one loss, was the first ever fight was a submission. He was uh, caught in the first round in a rear naked choke. But oh. yeah, uh, contender series, third round knockout win. Evan Elder, four knockout wins, one submission. He just has uh, that submission loss, in his, I mean that uh, a decision loss of Preston Parsons in his last fight. Okay. 
It's coming out of Shamrock FC. Oh, gross. <laughs> Frank Shamrock FC? Is, is that what's named that Shamrock? I, it has to be. <laughs> if it's Ken Shamrock, it would have already failed. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would be dead already. Um, let's see. I don't know which one's next. Tell me which one's next. Oh, that, that was the one you were talking about. Uh, St. Proy versus Philippe Lins. Yeah, uh, we got the veteran man, Open St. Proy, coming back. I like that. I like to see him sticking around, you know, perhaps a gatekeeper oh, yeah. position, uh, you know, in the future or now. Because uh, he's fighting Felipe Linz, okay? And uh, Ovens comes in 26 and 16. It's an ugly record, you know, not great. A lot of fights, though. He's seen everything this kid's going to bring to the table. And uh, what do you got on this uh, Linz guy? What have we recently seen from uh, him? So, this Linz, he's lost two of his last three. Uh, his last non decision win was back in 2018. Uh, he's got four knockout losses. And so, yeah, man, I think this, this one's kind of tailor made for. Uh, uh, St. Peru, he's 6'3", six, six where Lenz is 6'1". Lenz is also an older guy, he's 37. Peru is 39. So I, I just, I think they're setting him up uh, for a win here, man. You know, and then I like St. Peru. He does have a, a shitty record, like like you talked about. But, I mean, he's he's always fighting decent opponents. Dude, and his wins are emphatic. They're decisive. You know what I mean? Like, when he wins, you're like, yeah, no, there was no questioning that. He beat the hell out of that guy. That guy's asleep night-night. Yeah, yeah. Some of the craziest shit. He, he has the, what, the Von Flu choke? The only other oh, one? Oh, yeah. I mean, he has lost uh, three of his last five. You know, and then, like, his last win was, that was a split decision over over uh, that Shogun. I mean, that was, you know, that's as weird as what it is. He's got nine, you know, his two losses before that, Bofi was knocked out. But then before that, he knocked out Alonzo Minifield. So, I mean, the man, he's always got power. Yeah, for you sure. Know, he might not I, have the chin anymore, but I don't think uh, Felipe's got anything special. That's why, that's why I can't I can't sit here and agree with myself on the idea of him being a gatekeeper uh, at this point because you wonder what he, what is Felipe Lenz bringing. You know what I mean? You're like, it's just this is just not a gatekeeper fight. Yeah, well, Linz, he's got a uh, decision loss to Orlowski. So that gatekeeper, this is like the, this is the guy. Orlowski's holding the, the main gate. You know, he's like back of the line to the next gate below me. If well, I, can I think get that win a, and then come up the hill back to Orlowski. And I believe you're absolutely right with this, where this is might just be one of those fights that they're setting up to try to get Ovens a little bit more of a push again. Yeah, Why not? I, I would like to see that. You know, he's got a little bit of a name. He's a he's a good character. He's always a problem too. Yeah, I've never seen him not. He's like the fucking one guy. He's always trying. You know, he's always yeah. he never quit, man. All right, but what do you got next? Jamal Emmers. Holy Who's shit! This next about? fight. All right, so Jamal Emmers. Man, I don't think. All right. So anyway, he's thirty three. He's five foot ten. All right, this is a guy. Uh, if you look at his wins, just just look at the people. He's okay. I mean, his wins are against names like uh, people you never fucking heard of. Fard Mohammed. Uh, you know, that was before it was UFC, but Vince Kakiro. Kakiro, however. Everybody that you've heard of, the guy's lost to. Pat Sabatini, uh, Giga Kakatse, uh, Julian Arosa, Diego Moises. Anybody with a name, this guy's lost to him. So he's going up against a guy that is... 23 and 0, who is relatively, as far as I'm concerned, he's pretty much unknown. We got to hit that again. He's 23 and 0. And 
hero. And for some goddamn reason, he's fighting Jamal Emmers. Yeah, this is his UFC debut. The guy's got 12 first-round knockout wins. And uh, I was going through some of the, the guys he's, he's fought. I mean, they're, the guys have decent records. He's fought on the European-Russian circuit and going around for your 10, 10 submission wins. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, it was 12, 12 first-round wins. 10 submission wins, 6 knockout wins. And he's yep. just now making it up to the UFC. His last fight... Uh, he had a flying knee knockout of a guy in, in two minutes and 34 seconds. Uh, the last four four of his fights were, were finishes. Okay. I just have to say this. All I'm wondering is what is the fucking camp like with Jamal Embers? What are they What are they convincing him of or has he convinced himself of when it comes to signing a contract against a guy who's undefeated with that many fights and there's that much info on him? You got to be clueless or way too fucking confident, dude. Like his coach is like, look, he's 23 and 0, dude. Sure, he's taking heads off and you've lost a bunch of fights recently to basically nobody and everybody else in the division. This is your shining moment. You come in here, you take this guy out, dude, <laughs> fucking to the moon. Like what the fuck? Here's Maybe. what it is. I think nobody else wanted to sign to fight the guy. <laughs> and Jamal was like, I'll do anything to stick around. <laughs> right? I can, I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> I'll take on your 23 and 0 guy. All right. This next belt. Okay. The Phantom Weight female belt. Now, I didn't write down hardly anything for this because we got Lena Landsberg versus Mariah Bono Silva. And Landsberg has lost her last three fights. She needs to retire. It's time for her to move on. She's 40 years old. Time to go. Silva is, is I think she's going to win extremely quick. Uh, take down in the arm bar. Slapped on. There's not going to be. She's 9-2. and two. Uh, Landsberg is 10-7. and seven. I'm going to go through some. Landsberg. Three three losses in a row. Carla Rosa. Uh, Sarah McMahon. Panny Conside. She hasn't won since 2019. Silva. She just I, beat. You know, coming off that arm bar. Went over Stephanie Egger. And she does have a couple losses. Uh, one was Manon Farrat which I'm waiting for them to build her up to be a contender. Absolutely. And yeah, so I, I just think this is going to be really quick. This lady, this lady can put an arm bar, slap an arm bar on you really quick. Uh, she even put Jillian Robertson in arm bar in the first round in their fight. Uh, it's all about mistakes, you know, in the female fights. It's just the first one that can make a mistake and the other one can recognize they can take advantage. And if that happens here, we already know how it's going to happen is it's this fucking, you know, Landsberg is going to have to take a, <laughs> a risk and go for a takedown for some damn reason. She's going to get hit too hard one time and go for a sloppy takedown bye-bye arm, right? Uh, also, when your record's 10-7, and seven, I don't have anything to talk about. <laughs> there you go, man. <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, lightweight belt, Jim Miller, Alexander Hernandez. Hey. Okay. Jim Miller, his last three fights, he's looked, he's looked good. He doesn't look like he's old as you know, uh. a 39-year-old guy. Doesn't look like he's got Lyme disease, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll find out because they'll say it a thousand times. Yeah. Uh, yeah, dude, this is a problem for Alexander Hernandez. This might be your last fight on your contract, son. Hernandez has lost three of his last four. So mm. and finished in two of those fights. What's gonna do out wrestle Jim Miller, <laughs> outstrike Jim Miller. Come on, bro. Look how many fights this kid has. He's like, yeah, I don't know. I just fight. They're like, hey, did that Lyme disease give you powers like fucking Peter Parker? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> when you got bit by that tick, all of a sudden Jim Miller's somebody else. <laughs> He's always a threat. Look at the record, guys. Look, Ovin St. Prue was what? 
26 and 16. Jim Miller, 35 and 16. So much more impressive because so many more wins. Next fight, yeah. William Knight versus Marcin Procneo. All right, William Knight, feel like we haven't seen him in forever. Uh, is his nickname Dark Knight? Because that only makes the most sense. Uh, 11 and 4 is his record. It's nightmare. And, um, huh? Nightmare. That's his name. Oh, <laughs> I like that. He, they're both good, but Dark, <coughs> you get it. Uh, Marcin Procneo, 15 and 6. Both these guys are sort of on the cusp of really breaking into this he- this light heavyweight division, and it's sort of uh, Procneo, it's more on him than it is on Knight because he had his opportunities. He has fought some better guys, I think, at least as far as this division is concerned, and William Knight is just inconsistent. Not in his wins, but he's not fighting as often, it feels. Yeah, okay, I, I got you. Uh, both of these guys... Like, William Knight, uh, majority of his wins are by knockout, 9 out of his 11 wins. And Procneo, he's uh, 11 out of his 15 wins. So, hopefully these guys will be standing up and we're in for a treat. Uh, Procneo, 4 losses by knockout. Knight, 2 losses by knockout. So, I think this fight is going to be pretty much whoever lands first and consistently. Someone gets caught up against the cage, they're going to be done for. Knight, I mean, he he's lost his, his last 2. Procneo, you know, he's he's lost four out of his last six. So both of these guys, they're they're in a place that, that they they need a win. Yeah, and I, to me, when Procneo puts himself in a position up against the fence, he does not move his head. And William Knight is very good at the Mike Tyson sort of, you know, parrying to the overhand over the shoulder, over the opponent's shoulder. You know what I'm saying? Coming down mm-hmm. and over. Because he's a five foot eight fighter and he's fighting two oh five guys. These guys are always going to be taller than him. Roy Nelson esque. Exactly. So we have to see that from him early. Otherwise, he gets tired. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's going to get fucking tired. Procneo's not a he's not a guy that I've seen take very much dam take damage and see very much reaction. You know what I'm saying? He's a tough guy. Both these guys are tough, and I think this is a great matchup. And we're going to see a possible contender coming out of these fights. All right, this next fight, heavyweight belt. <laughs> Josh Parisian, Jamal Pogues. All right, Josh Parisian, he's like the same guy as, as uh, Jared Vandera. Uh, there's another one. That they're like the same. They're like three of the same people. Yeah. yeah. You, same. you expect them to come in and do something good, and then they, they fucking are awful. All right, Josh Parisian, you know, 11 knockouts, uh, 15 and 5. He's, he's been knocked out twice. And uh, this guy. He did win his last fight against Alan Boudou, but Alan Boudou was, I mean, even worse. It was awful. That guy's nobody. All right. Oh, but uh, yeah, Parisian, he's never had back-to-back UFC wins, believe it or not. Oh, and this this guy, this Jamal, uh, I, I I don't even remember this guy. He was on the Contender Series. He had a, a decision win, and I was just looking through his record. Uh, he's, he's only been knocked out once, and that was back in 2016, his first ever fight. And uh, yeah, man, he he's uh, I, he's you know he's got four knockout wins, four decision wins. Josh Parisian is a guy that the longer you can hold on, the more inept you can knock him out. So you know this fight, Jamal, he's not very good. He could lose quickly to Parisian, but here's what I'm thinking in my head: if he can outlast this guy, Parisian for two rounds to go to the third, thinking put Parisian away. That's pretty okay. much what happened with Parker Porter. Parker Porter held him off, and then at the the third round or, or later on to the fight, he uh, fucking defeated him. Well, right. it was actually a, a decision that fight, but 
first thing I got to say here, they're relatively the same in height, but it says that Josh Parisian is 265 and Jamal is 205. Hmm. Well, sure, cannot... sure Dog has Jamal at 248. So. Okay, yeah, so that I wanted to see if you could clarify and okay. see how much the weight discrepancy actually was because 60 pounds, he'd be in a different weight class. That doesn't even make any sense. Um, but truth be told, Josh Parisian is a guy that <clears throat> you would meet and see him throwing punches at a bag and assume he's just doing it for fun. He's not an actual professional fighter. You know what I mean? When he was like, no, I'm a UFC fighter. That's why I'm here at the gym doing it. You're like, no, you're not, dude. What? Josh what? Parisian, in all reality, should be able to come in and take this guy's head off. But me seeing that this guy has four decision wins, I think if he could just hold on, Josh Parisian usually seems like he tires out. I think this guy could stand a chance. Well, he's he fights scared, man. Parisian fights scared. He's on his back foot the entire time. There's no forward progression, but uh, this one should be interesting. Yeah. All right, so you're saying this next bout. Well, interesting with Jordan Wright, the Beverly Hills Ninja, uh, against uh, Zach Paiga. This is the guy who was on the Contender Series. Oh, not the Contender, I'm sorry. The, the Ultimate Fighter who uh, ended up losing to... Uh, to uh, I can't think of the guy's name. <laughs> uh, the, the heavyweight guy, man, the, the brother. Uh, his kid was killed in a swimming pool or something. Oh, Usman. Usman. Yeah, that damn. I could, why did that? I lost it all of a sudden. This is yeah. He lost the finals to Usman. He was not, uh, knocked out by him, and here he is. I don't know why the hell you give this guy, uh, somebody like Jordan Wright. I don't know. I think it's uh, it's a stand-up fight, you know, and they want to see if Zach can stand, see if uh, it was a fluke, you know. They might have faith in this dude. He's got a nice record. They could build him up, but like you said, it is strange for them to go, hey, let's take on Jordan Wright. <laughs> Kid stuff his nails, man, but he does put his head up. You know, his yeah. chin's always out in the air. So this, this guy, Zach, he's only got one knockout win, and it's to a guy that's one and one. So, yeah, you know, there you go. him in there with Jordan Wright. I know Jordan Wright has had uh, a very he's, – he's on a down spurt at the moment. He's lost three in a row. Uh, four of his last five, and he's finished in all of them because you know why? All of his fights are finishes. And that's what I like about this guy. So when I have a guy like this, I don't even give a, I mean, I like him to win, but you know, if he loses, at least it's fucking, fucking exciting. Yes, there's like seven guys that are like that, you know. Yeah. Stevens, Donald Cerrone was one of those guys. Like, I don't give a fuck if this guy wins. Yeah. Nate Diaz is essentially that guy. Well, unlike Cerrone, who always was like a slow starter, this guy guys were like rushing in all fucking wild. And, you know, it, it worked for him for a while. I mean, the guy, he was fucking fantastic. He, I mean, he only only started losing him back in uh, you know, 2021. You know, right. he's, he's one in four in the UFC, but before then he was undefeated. So. <laughs> I think he has a nice image too that the UFC might keep around. You know, this guy's getting a co-main event and he hasn't won a fight, and like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I I just like the way this guy fights. He comes in, he rushes in. He's actually two and four in the UFC, but he's one and four in his last five. You put a fucking collared shirt on this guy, and he's a bank teller at Chase. (laughs) I think he's gonna come in and and he's gonna fucking do what he always does. Because I mean, you think if he was gonna change his style up, he'd have done it by now. Well, it's you know, going to fluster, homie, too. It's going to make this dude be like, oh, fuck. I think this guy, since uh, Mohamed Usman knocked him out in the second round, I think Jordan Wright 
you know, I, you know, this get this Zach guy, he's the betting favorite. He's a he's a minus three thirty. He's like a big time betting favorite in this fight. I just don't understand why. I guess people see all those losses that Jordan Wright had just had, but man, I just see Jordan Wright taking it to this guy and this guy being overwhelmed, not knowing what to do. Exactly. That's my thought as well. Is he's just going to come in and he's going to be like, I don't know what he's doing. Why is he after me like this? I thought we were going to touch gloves and stuff. And Jordan's <laughs> like, yeah, we do all that, but then I'm punch you in the head. Uh, you know, I, I actually, I went to a FanDuel site where this guy, like, uh, you know, tells you what's going to happen. And this guy, you know, with how decisively he's been defeated lately, I don't see Wright getting his arm raised this weekend. Zach will bounce back in Vegas before moving on to bigger and better things. Dude, I just don't fucking see it. And I love the disclaimer they give for this guy. That he's he's not a FanDuel employee and is like his betting strategies and player selections are recommended are his personal views. And he may deploy different strategies when entering contests. So in other words, this motherfucker is going to tell you to put your money, stick your money on Zach. And then he's going to take his money and put it on George Wright. That's what the fuck's happening here. That's what they're telling you in this disclaimer. Damn. Are you <laughs> under the impression that these bookie fucking motherfuckers are trustworthy? Hell no. You know what I mean? Come on, man. Fucking <laughs> Yanni the Greek. Put all you. your money on, the, on that guy who was on the Ultimate Fighter. That was a fluke knockout win for Usman. Uh, but yeah, man, he, you know, even if Jordan Wright loses, it's still going to be exciting. This guy, <laughs> he gets finished. Or finishes. Look, man, it's going to be more exciting than the fucking main event. That we can just guarantee. This main event, I wrote down hardly anything because I, this... All right. Uh, Aaron Blanchfield was supposed to fight Tyler Santos. Santos uh, pulled out. I don't know why. And I think I think she got fucked in the steal because Jessica Andrade is... is man, I, I just don't see... Many women at all beating her right now, much less Aaron Blanchfield. I mean, I do like the fact that she's got a ten and zero record, ten and one. Excuse me, one. that's that's helpful. You know, it, it it makes the fans look at it and be like, okay, well, she's won a bunch of fights, mm -hmm. but then you hear Sam here tell you that oh, everyone she's beat has been shit. <laughs> it makes Jessica Andrade look that much more favorable. You yeah. know? Yeah. Well, you know, her, I think I've mentioned her before, but she's got a split decision. Loss over Tracy Cortez back in when they're in Invicta, and uh, she's won all of her other fights. But yeah, I mean, you got Invicta. She beat Brogan Walker. That was a decision. As the lady was on uh, the Ultimate Fighter, and then when she got in the UFC, Miranda Maverick decision, JJ Aldrich, Molly McCann. They were two submission wins. There, there. I just don't see her being able to withstand the power of, yeah. of Jessica. The I mean, strength. Alone, Aaron Blanchfield. The good news for her, she's only twenty-three, and she's got two knockout wins. She's only knocked out one person, and that's that's in the UFC. I'm gonna go through her, through her shit real quick. She has a head kick over Victoria Leonard and in Invicta. Uh, actually, she might not have any knockouts in you. No, they're not. No knockouts in the UFC. But uh, God. yeah, I just don't see her being able to avoid the power, man. I don't. Uh, Andrade. She's won her last three. They were. Two of them were finishes, and they were against better opponents than I think Aaron Blanchfield has faced her whole career. Lauren didn't, Murphy. Yeah, I was going to say, didn't Lauren Murphy get fucking pieced up the entire time? Yeah. Like, she looked bad. She got fucked mm -hmm. up. I think that's the only option for Aaron here is to just try to survive and not get hit a bunch. Yeah, and pray you can get her on the ground. But Even then, she's a hell of a wrestler. Yeah. Nice. yeah. Head. 
Like when you see a, a, a female that's 125 pounds do that to somebody, Rose Namajunas putting her to sleep from a slam, you don't attempt takedowns anymore. <laughs> it's not worth it, dude. You're going to break my fucking neck. <laughs> Punch me in the face, fine. Slam me on my head, no thank you. <laughs> but so, yeah, I think you're right about her being young. The fact that Blanchfield is young, she will have an opportunity to sort of come back. It'll be a 10-2 and two record. She will have fought Andrade. She will have seen Andrade for the first time. Maybe they see her again down the road. It's a different story. But at this point, it's it's exactly what we can assume. Jessica Andrade is just getting fed. Yeah, and you know, maybe she can... Uh, yeah, I don't know. You know Andrade... She's only 31. It seems like she's been around forever, though. You know, right. it seemed like she should be close to 40. I was like, maybe she just waits and lets her age out, but that ain't going to work. <laughs> it seems like back then when she came around, this smaller weight class had so many female fighters. The other female classes had such top fighters that they weren't looking to promote anybody else. They had the Ronda Rousey's, Misha Tate's and shit like that. Holly Holm. They didn't give a shit about these chicks. And then Shevchenko popped on the scene. All that stuff. And it was like Andrade, like, she looks like a machine, dude. She's going to be a problem. And then Rose and all this stuff. And then finally start getting recognition. I've We've both known about her forever. She's been a staple of this division. She's been a staple of the female fighters in general. She's a big name and beating her is huge. Aaron pulls this off, dude. That's, <laughs> I mean, hand her the keys to the kingdom. Yeah, and Aaron's only 23. <laughs> she is five foot four where... Uh, uh, Jessica's five two. I will say though, Jessica. I mean, I talk about those some of the men to do this, but I mean, when uh, when she fought Lemos and had to choke on her while she was standing, and Lemos is five four. I mean, how does someone five two even do that? Because she had her arms locked up and had her in the choke. Right. So it, she doesn't fight like a small person. No, <laughs> she's a damn machine, and this is just uh, another person in her path. Absolutely. Another main event they had to throw together for almost no reason. It's like you had a replacement for the, you know what I mean? A, a replacement for the main event fighter. That's weird. But that second, I mean, this whole card is insane, but at least we got something. But guys, check out BKFC. These motherfuckers, I mean, fucking Tory Lane. What's his name? The fucking Let's Bang, bro. That dude's oh. fucking. Mike, Mike Perry beat Michael Venom Page. You know that, right? Yeah. Because here's the thing. Did you watch the fight? No, I didn't. The way that MVP fights is exactly how he fights in Bellator. So everything, he's almost going to throw a kick. But then he's like, oh, yeah, I can't. (laughs) So he still fights in that long distance, you know, spread out. And Mike Perry is like, we have to box. And he just comes in with these hammers, dude. It's insane. Mm. Beat him up. But Mike Perry, he's just a star. He's a star. And he's one of these guys that makes the perfect sense for BKFC. He fits in so well with that shit. And shout out to Jens Pulver. I have to give a shout out to Jens Pulver because, man, truth is, when it comes to that dude, he was one of my first real inspirations when it came to the sport that brought me into the sport because him and BJ Penn had that beef on the Ultimate Fighter like two when they were coaches. And Jens Pulver just came across so much more likable to me. That even when they fought, and he, I think he pulled off the win over BJ and became the champ and all this shit after BJ's reign for so long, but then he lost it immediately and shit like that. Jen's little evil pulver. That's a motherfucker that deserves to be Hall of Fame, for sure. And there's so many of them like that, dude. But when I saw that that little trailer come on and him talking and stuff, I'm like, man, I forgot about him. That fucking guy was so awesome, dude. I remember they played like ping pong or some shit for the, like the coaches challenge. 
and it got so serious that I, I just like he's a great guy. He <laughs> seems like an awesome dude who fought for a, a a life. You know what I mean? Like fought. He had to fight. You know, some some guys fight to eat, man. Yeah, and that's really what he was about. God, I'm dying to have a heavyweight Ultimate Fighter just to get some heavyweights known. We need. Some, I mean, I know there was just we just had one not that long ago, but man, can you get- imagine if we took. I mean, I know how much money it would cost, but even if you just had Brock Lesnar, what would, would be great if he was a coach? Bring you know, back guys that aren't even fighting Don't anymore. even have him fight. Just have him coach. Hey, Brock Lesnar, call up Overeem. Get him Mike out there to Tyson. coach some guys. What are you talking about? Bring in these fucking legends from the other mm-hmm. sports. That, and, hey, at least he'll be able to teach you how to fucking yeah. throw a punch. Right? Mike Tyson's a coach. Who else? You know, Booger Ray Leonard. Doesn't matter. Fedor in there. Well. Yeah, dude, switch it up. Dude. Fedor, come on, man. Give that, Velasquez from his fucking jail cell zooming in. Zooming in coaching. <laughs> like a wheeling TV. Very funny. Uh, but I mean, that would be cool because who cares if the coaches fight? That doesn't nah. that stopped mattering a long time ago. We need you know, some I, good heavyweights. Stefan Bronner, bring him back. Have him listen. <laughs> R.I.P. Mike Jackson. Uh, actually, you know what? He was an MMA journalist. He wasn't a cameraman. Did you know that? No. I, I knew he did video work. Bro, he was a blogger. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Literally just talked worse. about it. Bro, he was like you and I. Just talked about uh, MMA, and then he got a CM Punk fight. <laughs> like, who can CM Punk beat? Uh, they so put funny. a bunch of names, like the janitor, all of them, and put them in a hat and fucking shook it up. Pulled Dude. out. Oh, it's that, who's that guy? Man, oh, do you he... remember? I told you Fuck. that there was guys that wanted the CM Punk fight. Like uh, Jason Ellis. Former skateboarder I was like, I'll fucking fight him. Australian psychopath. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. there was, there were guys that could, exactly like the hat, but they were crazy names. <laughs> fucking what? Jason Ellis. You know what I mean? Uh, fucking uh, Kobe Bryant. You know, he just like, fucking <laughs> random. You're like, Jesus, these guys would fight this guy for nothing almost. But he made 500 grand from that, that fight. Damn. Jesus Christ. And he's still Come going on. through it. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes. Oh, let's get out of here, man. Hey, brother. Oh, no, it's all that stuff. Don't leave it to the judges. Yeah. Round one, fight.